Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, Kickin' Life Guru Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as we know, the world's not all sunshine and rainbows. As Rocky says, it'll be a mean, nasty, ugly place that'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. However, that's where I come in, the Kickin' Life Guru. When life kicks your butt, when life knocks you down, as we know it's going to, I'm here to motivate you, to empower you, to inspire you, and kick you back up so you can live your best kickin' life. So saddle up, here we go. Hey, Kicking Lifers out there. How are we doing? Hope you're having a fantastic day. So, I promised you a few weeks ago, and I think I missed an episode where I was supposed to follow up with a book I just finished reading called Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah, Who Moved My Cheese? Chew on that for a second. Chew on that. No pun intended there, right? Like a mouse. Well, today, to help us talk about Who Moved My Cheese, I've got my best buddy back on the show. He's been Oh, it's been a while since he's been on the show, but he's back in action, and I had him read this book, so we're going to talk about it and how this can apply and how this can relate to every single person, because we're all fighting our different battles, but we're all subjected to change, and that's kind of the essence of the book. And what I mean by that is, whether we like it or not, every single day, we're changing. We're changing, baby. We are. We're older. You know, when you're finished with this podcast, you're going to be an hour older than you were when we started the podcast. So whether we like it or not, we're changing as we move along. And the whole essence of this book is change is going to happen. It's a matter of you accept the change and able to adapt and move with it, or if you just want to stay where you're at and sweep it under the rug and hope by closing your eyes, things aren't going to change. But they are. Anyway, who's my best buddy? You know who it is. It's Austin. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Happy to be here. And there he goes. He's got his radio voice on for today. Happy to be here, folks. Thank you so very much. There it is. Doing what I can. <laughs> All right, awesome. Hey, how's things going, best bud? Just awesome. Even better than I'm on the show. Yeah, I love to hear that. Austin's got some great stuff going at the academy. He, uh, as you know, we've talked about this before. He graduated high school, and he's going to the college or the school of hard knocks at Grogan's Academy of Martial Arts, and he's doing an absolutely fantastic job. Being 18 years old, he's uh, our head program director, and also kind of working toward becoming an assistant manager of the academy talking to folks every single night and empowering them and letting them know what we do, what our purpose is of empowering kids and adults to believe in themselves, be respectful to others, stand up to bullying, to live their best kick in life. Well, thank you very much. I, I love my job, and it's, of course, the best college I can go to ever, and yep. it's free. <laughs> college is expensive. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the school of hard knocks, though, so it's free as far as what dollar value, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, he's learning a lot behind the scenes, which is fantastic. So, Austin, uh, the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Now, why don't you be honest here? When I first threw the book at you and said, hey, I want you to read this, what went through your mind? Well, it's like, I mean, really? I, I, I don't know. I didn't know what to think about it. It looked really childish, honestly. <laughs> um, it sounded, but it, it was a good book. It, it got me thinking a lot. Got my brain gears turning. So you probably thought, oh, Dad, what are you making, wanting me to read now? Because I'm always throwing different books at you to read. and Didn't sometimes say it, but. Yeah, I knew what you were thinking. I could see it in your <laughs> eyes. So, it's, it, and folks, this book, it's a real easy read. It's by uh, Spencer Johnson. And he also worked with uh, uh, Mark Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager. If you haven't read those books, they're short, little, easy reads. And it's, it, it's a lot of information and a lot of meaning and content and a lot of profound thought put into a short little easy-to-read book. Now, I had Austin read the one uh, for teens, and I'm actually having my daughter, Madeline, who's a 15-year-old, and my son, Emmett, who's nine, kind of read the book together. And it's like what we talked about. It's about change, and about change is going to happen regardless if we like it or not. It's a matter of what we do to uh, kind of prepare to see the change coming and then adapt to it. Now, we have something at the studio we call all the time Evolve or Dissolve. Right, and that's pretty much the essence of the book, isn't it? It's Yes, exactly. And if you don't evolve with the change, you're going to dissolve. And, you know, we've talked about that and given numerous examples with, you know, life in the past, the martial arts federation we were with, and everything else about you've got to continue to evolve with the changes, evolve with the times. And I often hear people say, uh, I talk to other uh, entrepreneurs and, martial arts professionals and eh, not only just martial arts entrepreneurs and professionals, but 
entrepreneurs in any type of work, and some of them are still resistant to having a Facebook account. Oh, I'm I'm not doing that Facebook thing, and and, and I get you know you want to <laughs> you want to hold your principles. If you said at one point in time I'm never having a Facebook account, but here's the deal: the I guess uh, uh, marketing and branding and uh, having your your business, you've got to have something that people are on. Phone book is dead. You know, it's not here anymore. So whether you like the Facebook or not, you need to have some kind of account set up because that's where people go and you got to attract the audience. You know, if you're if you're fishing, you want to go to a place where the fish are at, right? You don't want to fish off something. Oh, there's, I don't have to worry about it. Nobody else is here, but there's also no fish here. you got to fish in the pond where the fish are at. So anyway, back to the cheese. So Austin, do you remember the four characters in the book? I do. Him and Hall were the little humans. Uh, they were human-brained but mouse-sized. And Sniff and Scurry were the mouses, mice. Mouses, mice. mices. <laughs> and they were just, and they were just mice, brain-sized mice. Yep. And uh, the, the whole story, if you think of the names, Sniff and Scurry, and it's all about sniffing out something new, sniffing out that there's change going on, sniffing out that you know what. I better evolve with the times here or something's going to happen. And always paying attention to the old stuff. Like him and Hall always. So I'll just give a short little thing from the book. They always went in their little cheese room and Sniff and Scurry were always in there and him and Hall were always in there. And they loved the cheese room because it's just endless amount of cheese. They could last for their whole life. And Sniff and Scurry would always go in there and sniff all, all around the cheese and all around their home and scurry around and, you know, make sure everything's the same as it was yesterday and try to uh, not take what, everything they have for granted. But him and Hall just kind of sat down and made themselves at home, and every day they got more and more comfortable to living their life that way and were uh, totally took what they had for granted and didn't realize any change. And then one day, poof, their cheese was gone, and they didn't know what the heck to do. Sniff and scurry went in there. Sniffed around, all they kind of expected it and went along with the change, but him and Hall were there, and they just hem-hauled around and went to their cheese place where the cheese is gone for weeks and weeks and just expected it to reappear somehow, uh, which is um, saying, you know, their old your old ways is not going to make new results. Wow, that was, a, deal. that was a great synopsis of the whole book there. Austin just kind of wrapped it all up in two minutes. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. We're going to talk more about it and kind of dive in because, once again, I think this has a, uh, uh, a profound impact on every single person because, once again, we're all affected by change, regardless if we like it or not. And I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse here, but that's the reality of things. You can't resist something that's going to happen. It just happens. And, you know, a lot of times, well, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it the next day. I'll do this and that. I just finished another book. It was called The Four Purposes of Life, and it talked about how your purpose needs to, you need to have a purpose each and every day in order to give you that boost and inspiration to continue moving forward. Because, you know, inevitably, we don't know when our last day is. So we want to make sure we get the most out of each day. Easier said than done, of course. Everything's easier said than done. And you know how I feel about that. That's just a cop-out excuse. Anytime I hear somebody say, oh, yeah, easy for you to say, easier said than done. Why even waste your breath saying that stuff? Everything is easier said than done. Spend that breath, spend that time, spend that energy, spend those brain cells on making things better, you know? And what's another thing we talk about? Excuses or? Solutions. Yeah. Excuses or solutions. So in one excuse, what does that lead to, folks? Another excuse. Another excuse. And what does that lead to? Another excuse. <laughs> Definitely not a solution. Yeah. So you can spend all your time making all excuses in the world and not do anything to change your life. Which are the bricks and the glue to the house of failure. Excuses. Ah, listen to that. Yes. Excuses are the nails in the... Hard nails. That's Gosh, all right. Darn it. That's all right. That's all right. And you can say bricks and mortar and uh, that built the house of failure. Nice job, buddy. Good memory. Anyway, so excuse, you can spend your time on that or you can spend your time on solutions, which is building the house of success, right? Thinking about that. Yes. Excuses, the nails that built the house of failure. Excuses are the mortar and the bricks that built the house of success. I just, that just popped in my head. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we can all, you know, benefit once again. This is a great little book. It's a short, easy read. I'm having my entire team read this just to talk about some of the changes we've been making over the years. So to get back to the book, Austin's exactly right. There's the two mice. And of course, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like a parody here, but it's, 
It's powerful. The two mice mm-hmm. sniff and scurry. Sniff is sniffing out everything to see when the changes happen, and scurry is working to scurry along to you know try and stay ahead of the change the best he can, at least not get left behind. And then yes. him and Haw, which are the uh, the, the little, little people that are in the, uh, the maze, which the whole book kind of talks about being in a maze, which essentially is, in essence, what life is. Yes. We're in a maze. We, we, we don't know. But if you keep going to the same thing, kind of like what Zig Ziglar says, you do the same thing over and over and over again, you're going to get the same result over and over and over again. And we know the definition of insanity, according to Albert Einstein, is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. That's insane. I keep doing it. And you'll see when we talk about the book, that, that, uh, that really applies to, uh, to, uh, to, to him and Haw in the book. Doing the same thing over and over yes. again. And they just o- overanalyze and overthink things. It's good to think things through, but Sniff and Scurry realized the cheese wasn't there. It's not being put back magically in some way. So they went in the maze and found another thing of cheese and, and were happy with that, but still being resistant, not resistant, the opposite, being uh, ready for change. But him and Hall just went back to the same thing every day and expected yep. it to happen. And um, and they oh, sorry no go ahead buddy they just overthinking like why did they move the nine cheese who moved it why what what happened can I do anything to help this instead of just finding new cheese and getting out to work and getting in the maze and getting stuff done they just kept thinking overthinking things instead of just doing what they should have been doing which is what humans do sometimes we do well oftentimes we do so to kind of play catch up Austin's uh, moved ahead a little quicker but he's he's on it and I'm so excited to hear his passion and compassion about the story there. Great job, bud. No, no, nothing to be ashamed of there. Good stuff. So what happens is every day, Sniff and Scurry, the two little mice, and him and Haw go to Cheese Station C. And uh, it talks about how they had the, every morning they would get up, they'd put their little running shoes on and their little running jackets and uh, sweatpants, and then they would sniff and scurry. They would scurry and kind of run to Cheese Station C. Well, every time they went there every day, there was cheese there, right? Well, Sniff and Scurry, every single day, they would do the same thing. They would put their little running shoes on, and they would run there. Well, him and Haw kind of got in a complacent mindset, in a complacent mode, where they just started, you know, getting up a little later each day, a little later each day, and then instead of hustling to Cheese Station C, they would just kind of, you know, scurry on to Cheese Station C, him and Haw their way there, and they'd get there and, you know, got to the point where they didn't even uh, have their running shoes with them anymore. They hung them up in a closet somewhere. So each day. Kind of following that complacent mindset. Well, Sniff and Scurry, they always there early, kind of the same routine, sniffing around, scurrying around, seeing if anything is changing. And they hung their running shoes around their neck while him and Hall put their running shoes off in a closet somewhere and kept them there. Yep, very good, very good. So, as Austin mentioned, one day they get there, Sniff and Scurry get there early, like always, and the cheese is gone. Well, Sniff and Scurry, Sniff and Scurry on out and Go to a different maze. Go through the maze of life to try and find some new cheese. Him and Hall go there, and they're like, what the heck? There's no cheese. What do we do? Because they got in kind of that complacent mindset of doing things over and over and over again, the same thing. So what do they do? They sit there and wait. Surely the cheese will appear. Surely the cheese will appear. Well, it doesn't appear. They go back home. They come out the next day. And this goes on and on and on for several days, sitting there waiting for their cheese. Sniff and Scurry don't return back to Cheese Station C. They're out there looking for new cheese, right? Because you're not entitled to anything. Yes. Not cheese either. Not cheese either. You're what you work for. So the purpose of the story is Sniff and Scurry are out in the maze. They realize that their cheese has moved. Somebody moved their cheese. They realize that change has been happening over and over and over again. So now they're out making, trying to make something good, trying to make something happen. And how does that relate to life? Well, maybe you lose your job. Maybe you had this job set up and you were banking on retirement with this company and uh, maybe it's a relationship and suddenly it's over. Now what the heck you do? Well, yes, we all need some time of recovery. But if we just hem-haul around and hope that it's just going to miraculously reappear, that's where we get lost. That's where we get caught up in I don't know what else to do. And that's kind of the story of what him and Hall go through. And then finally... Uh, is it him or Haw that, that, Haw. Haw that moves on out, right? And him kind of stays there. So Haw decides, you know what? I need to get my running shoes back on and get my butt back to work and find something. So the whole story is about Haw, Haw's journey throughout trying to find some different cheese. 
and all the different things about how he's wanting to give up because every time there's a challenge or an adverse situation, he thinks, you know what, it's probably easier if I just go back to Cheese Station C and hope that my cheese reappears. Because at least I have someone with me to do it. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Because him did not want to leave Cheese Station C. It was Hall that was out there. And uh, he would get little niblets of this and that. And he would write little notes on the wall to kind of reminders and almost like breadcrumbs, if you will, to remark mm-hmm. his path and his territory. And he went back a couple times to him and Cheese Station C, who was sitting there and saying, look, there's more cheese out here. We just got to work for it. And him's reply every single time was, do you remember what it was? Well, if we just wait here long enough, the cheese will come here because we're entitled to it. That's exactly right. Very, very good job. Him was afraid of any type of change. Now, the story goes on that Hall, when he's out in the maze looking, he has now developed a purpose. His purpose is that cheese is never going to reappear again. That chapter of my life is over. I've got to move forward in order to find my new cheese because it's been moved. And now he's developed a purpose. Now, he's still got doubt. He's still got, you know what, maybe I I should go this way. I don't know. I don't know. So that's kind of the hauling around, you know, like, uh, uh, uh. But he continues moving forward. And the more he moves forward, he starts thinking and reflecting back on how he got complacent about the change that was inevitably happening that he never saw because he wasn't looking for it. Do you remember the change he's talking about with the cheese getting smaller and? Oh, moldy and stuff. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Awesome. Well, I was going to take it. Oh, you're going to take it? You want me to talk about that and you go somewhere else? That's fine. Sure, let's do sure. Okay. We, we didn't prep on this. We just kind of talked. We're going to talk about the cheese story. So it's good stuff. <laughs> this is live, baby. This is how it goes. Anyway, so him or Hall starts thinking, you know what? If I'd have been paying attention, I would have noticed, just like Sniff and Scurry, that that cheese kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you know what? If I'd have also noticed that cheese wasn't fresh cheese anymore. It could have been mold on that cheese. And if I'd have really paid attention, I would have realized that the weeks before it got to be so small that the way it was going, there was going to be no cheese left one day. But we kind of ignored that because it was easy, because we became complacent. We were just doing the same thing over and over again. So it teaches a lot about life that if we're not paying attention and we're not aware of the changes that are happening because we kind of developed in a little bit of a, uh, too much of a comfort zone, a little bit of a complacent mindset, that, man, one day it's like, whoa, what the heck just happened here? And the essence of the story is, who moved my cheese? It doesn't happen overnight. It's sort of like, you know, we talked to a lot of folks about getting in better shape and, you know, their workout routine and uh, their nutrition and what they eat. It's not like if, if you're not in the weight you like or the type of health you're, you, you like right now. Maybe you're 20 pounds overweight. Well, that didn't happen one night. It's not like you went to bed and uh, you weighed uh, 170, and then suddenly the next day you woke up and you're 190, that did not happen overnight. It's through small little changes, similar to what the story of Who Moved My Cheese is all about. But on the other thing, they went from having a big block of fresh cheese down to little, 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 no, and then the cheese is gone. So it's seeing those things. But Haw, or you know, the Sniff and Scurry, the little mice, they saw it. They worked toward it, and they started preparing early because they were on top of things. They weren't just developing that, you know, complacent mindset. They kind of kept, as it says in the story, their little running shoes around their neck, which essentially is that motivation to keep going and keep moving and keep an eye on things. Now, does that mean we can never be comfortable? We can never be relaxed? We can never enjoy life? No, 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 no. It means be aware of what's going on so you can enjoy life a lot longer and a lot better so you don't get caught in a situation where suddenly your cheese isn't there anymore. Anyway, Oz, go ahead with what you were going to say, buddy. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so the whole title of the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Him, that's all that he's wrapped around the whole time. Sitting in cheese station seat, not moving. Who moved my cheese? Why? Why, why did this happen? Overanalyzing, overthinking. And while this is happening, he's not doing anything, not getting in the maze, not going to work, just sitting, doing nothing, which is developing depression, too. That's how depression comes along and, and stuff like that. While Hall, every day, he goes in the, in the maze, and obviously at first he's very, very scared to go back in the maze because, you know, what could have changed and whatnot. But he does it, and every day he goes back into the maze, he feels like, like, a, like you said, he has a purpose, and he feels happy now, and he's, like, ready to get back in the maze. The next day he goes home, and he just wants to get back out there and get back to work and, and see what's going on because he has a purpose, and he has something to do and look forward to, and... And find and find the ultimate cheese, which is our all, which is all of our goals. 
Sure. And and Austin with cheese, does that mean, you know, in our lives we're looking for a block of cheese because we're a mouse? It could mean whatever your heart desires. That a baby. And obviously cheese could be, and, it, and they end up uh, toward the end of the story, in cheese station C is the cheese station with all the cheese. And, uh, and that could stand for like cheese station cash or um, anything that, that you want. So maybe cash is what you're wanting or maybe love is what you're wanting or romance is what you're wanting or a new job is what you're wanting. Or maybe it's just uh, just a feeling of satisfaction is what you're wanting. But you've got to work for it. And that's the thing that's often lost in today's society with folks is we get comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with being comfortable. But however, if we're not, uh, we're not you know, sniffing scurry, if we're not aware of the changes that are happening around us, we're going to end up getting slugged one. And uh, that right hook of reality kicks our butt. So as Austin had mentioned, him was out or Hall was out there, and he he was nervous, you know, because he's now he's he hasn't had to do this in a long time. And then of course, who did he keep thinking about the whole time when he was out there? So I'm thinking about him, right? Him was back in uh, Cheese Station. Uh, That's what I, I wasn't going to say. Anything. Oh, did I you mess said up? Say, C's, cheese Station C twice. I, I didn't oh. think it really mattered that much. Oh well, anyway. <laughs> It was another cheese station. Was cheese station in? <laughs> yes. That, yeah. Cheese my, station in. I got my cheese stations Correct. mixed up, folks. So you'll just have to read the darn book to make sure I got my cheese stations <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, in for new, right? Yes, yep. There it is. All right. So here we are. We're having fun yeah. here We're recapping this book. But the more I talk about it and the more I talk with Austin about it, and, and folks, you know, Austin, he's 18 years old. I mean, think about that. You know, have your kids, regardless what age, like I said, I'm having my 9- and 15-year-old read this book just to kind of let them know that life is changing. And it's something, man, I wish I would have had a book like this when I was nine years old or 15 years old. And, yeah, I don't know if the book was out there when I was nine years old, but it was sure as heck out there uh, a lot sooner than I first read it, which was two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) So those those things are out there, and that's that constant change I've been talking about for, well, since we started the podcast, you know, and I've shared in the last five to six years, I've listened to on Audible close to 300 books. I've read probably 200 books, attended countless conferences, listed endless podcasts and motivational YouTube videos. And it's all about planting the right seeds and learning the things that I don't know. And one of my favorite quotes is from Socrates. The only thing I know is I know nothing. And that's the humble attitude. And that's stuff we talk about the academy all the time, being open to change, open to learning and open to, you know, and and just kind of a little sidebar here. Obviously, everything that's going on in the world today with with politics and, you know, I never really talk about this, but it's gotten to the point where if you don't agree with me, then I've got to hate you. Why? Why is it that way? Let's learn. Let's talk. Let's try and figure, figure out what's going on here. Just because I'm on this side of the fence and you're on this side of the fence doesn't mean you're my arch enemy. And we had Master Karen Eden on a, a podcast not too terribly long ago. You have to check that one out. And she, uh, she's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And I've got countless friends that are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Our listeners, you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Uh, Austin, well, he was, uh, well, we think that happened in Austin. So there you go. And then my youngest son is Emmett, and our dog's name is Dallas. <laughs> so a huge Cowboy fan. And I was actually fortunate enough to be on the Cowboys podcast for some time as well and uh, still pop on there as a guest from time to time. But anyway, so and she brought up, because you're a Cowboys fan and I'm a Steelers fan, does that mean I hate you or you hate me? No. We just got different views, you know. She likes the Steelers, I like the Cowboys. And, and, and it's a kind of a friendly little battle here. But unfortunately, and she brought this up, nowadays in politics, it's almost like a line has been drawn in the sand, and it's more of just a friendly competition. Now it's an ideology. I believe this, and if you don't believe that, then you're wrong. Come on, folks. And that, that's the kind of change from, you know, just kind of sitting around in Cheese Station C and expecting somebody to bring you some new cheese. You're eating rotten cheese every day, and sooner or later your cheese is going to be gone. Get out there and sniff and scurry around and find out the truth. Find out the facts. Find out what's going on and ask yourself, do I really hate this person? The answer is no. And you heard the podcast, maybe two podcasts ago, and I also filmed a video blog on this. If you haven't checked out and subscribed to the uh, Kicking Life with Master Grogan Facebook page, check that baby out. Every day starts with an inspirational, motivational quote, post, and then obviously I do my uh, video blog, so you can kind of see me in action. And here I'm in a sound room, which is cool. But uh, when I get to do the video blogs, I'm in front of the camera and I'm animated and jumping around and <laughs> acting like a nut. But uh, that's that inspiration and motivation to help empower you. But anyway, the last one was all about remove the word hate from your vocabulary. 
and how dangerous and how powerful that word is. And Austin, I don't even know if I've shared this with you or not, but I've been thinking about that for a while because hate has been thrown around so much. And, you know, hate is the opposite of love, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Love makes us feel good. And, you know, God and, and, and Jesus in heaven, they want us to love one another. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have conflicts. It doesn't mean we're not going to have disagreements. But we don't need to hate. That's such a horrible, powerful word. And with the reticular activating system and the subconscious mind, the more we focus on a word or a thought, the more we're going to start saying that. So I've been thinking about this for a while. And then Madeline the other day was doing uh, homework. And she goes, oh, I hate this. And it rang a bell in my head. Ding, 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 ding. And I went up to her and I said, sweetie, uh, let's do this. I want you to help dad stop saying the word hate. And I'm going to help you stop saying the word hate. So we're going to be like uh, hate word accountability partners. So if you hear me say it, I want you to let me know, hey, dad. So I'm going to be aware of it now. But I want you to also be aware of it because what's going to happen, you're going to, I hate this homework. Oh, I hate this boy. I hate this teacher. I hate this school. Because it starts rolling so easily off the tongue there because that's what you're thinking about. And that's what we are seeing right now in society today. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Do you really hate that? Is that worth hating? And of course, if there's hate in your heart, and just saying the word hate. Also, just say hate. Hate. <laughs> that, was, that was good. And folks, in your car right now or wherever you're listening to it, just say hate. I hate this. Hate. How does that make your heart feel? I mean, that's such a horrible word. It's just like a, uh, you know, like a just blah, blah word, right? doesn't make you feel good in any way, shape, or form. No, it hurts your heart. Now, when you say love. Love. Love, baby. Yeah, yeah. Say it like that. Is that goofy? Say it. Puts a smile on Puts your face. Puts a smile on your face. Makes your heart feel good. Yeah. There's something about that. And, you know, you, you, I don't know what podcast it was now. They <laughs> Sometimes I seem to all run together. But uh, <laughs> it talked about the tongue has no bones, but it's the most powerful, I don't know, thing is the right word, <laughs> most powerful part of the human body because it can break bones. It can break spirit. Wow. It can crush people. But it has no bones. But it can say some horrible, horrible, mean, hurtful things that can crush people's spirits, crush people's souls. That's how powerful the tongue is. And once that word has been released. That's crazy. You never heard that before? No, that's awesome. I'm super glad I did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I talk about so much, I forget what I share with Learning you. Learning stuff. No. Yeah. The, the tongue has no bones, folks. Think about that. I kind of rushed through that, uh, like Sniff and Scurry rushing through the maze. Get back to the cheese Nice thing. analogy. <laughs> We're having fun. But no, it has no bones, but I'm telling you, it can crush spirits and crush souls, and it can crush people. And here's the thing. Once those words are out there. You cannot take them back. Very good, Austin. You cannot take them back. And I know I've thrown some horrible words out there in the past, words that I regret. We all have. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, and my goal, obviously, with the listeners here and with the teenagers and with the kids is to help them. They're, Austin, you're going to make enough mistakes. Folks, you're going to make enough mistakes. If I can help save you some of the goofball mistakes that I've made, some of the breaches of integrity and honor, all the things I talk about now because I focus every day on being the best I can be, all the times that I didn't put God first, even though Grandma, Grandma Bonnie would always say, Richie, are you putting God first? And I'd have to say, well, and she goes, there's no well. It's either yes or no. <laughs> and all the times that I wasn't. So if I can save you some heartaches and some headaches and some troubles, and those folks I work with, you know, that are fresh or new entrepreneurs going out in this entrepreneur world or any kind of new challenge, if I can save you some of the mistakes that I've made, gosh darn, that makes me feel pretty darn good because you're going to make enough mistakes on your own. You don't, <laughs> don't repeat the same mistakes that I've made. And that's why I surround myself with the mentors I surround myself with now is because they're going to help me avoid some of the pitfalls that they did. And that's kind of the beauty of kind of giving back and helping one another and the beauty of the Kickin' Life podcast because we all fight our own battles. We never know what it's like. We never know what anxieties or depressions or battles that someone else is fighting. And I've had somebody recently say, well, you don't understand. I've got, I've got the worst anxiety known to man. My anxieties are worse than yours. How do, you, I mean, how do we know that? I, I don't know what your anxieties are. You don't know what mine are. We've all got our own battles here. And uh, we start comparing ourselves to others. And how do we win? Did, do you want to win that battle? Do you want to win that anxiety battle? Yeah, my anxiety is tougher than yours. Now, I like competition. And I like, I, I love competition. But uh, <laughs> that's not a competition I want to be in. Trying to, you know, the pity party. And we've talked about that before, yes. too, haven't we? 
Yes, yep, you just explained it. I, oh, my life's worse than yours, and then you keep coming back and forth about who's got the worst life and who's uh, worse off, and, you know, almost as if you're trying to make that person think that they're better than you, and you, you're, like, putting yourself down. And as you're in this battle, you're making your, yourself feel worse about yourself, which uh, is another cause for depression and, and stuff like that. And like like you said, what is what's the point? What's good in that? Like a lo- like almost everybody has done it at one point in their life, but why? Hey Austin, uh, what's the worst thing about a pity party? No one. Oh, you forgot. That's okay. Maybe I haven't shared it with you. No one wins. Well, it, it, usually somebody wins because they out pity the other one. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's not a competition I want to win. You know. Um, the worst thing about a pity party is, and maybe I haven't shared this with you either. I haven't, uh, we haven't connected, well, we connect every day, which I'm so grateful for because I love you, buddy. I'm grateful for it too. I love you too. But, uh, um, the worst thing about a pity party, folks, regular listeners, what is it? I can't hear you. So I guess you're not going to answer. <laughs> Nobody brings gifts. Oh, dang it. You knew I that, didn't you? I knew yeah. it. No one brings gifts to a pity party. So, I mean, what, what's the point of it? Man, any party that I have, I want some freaking gifts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, in, in a pity party, and I share this example, how it, it's it's almost human nature to dive right into somebody else's misery. One, you want to communicate with them, but it starts getting you thinking, oh, yeah, well, this is my problem. So an example I give, I wasn't too terribly long ago, I'm at the ice rink with Emmett, and uh, we're after the thing, we're getting the skates on, or it was before, we're putting the skates on, and the one lady comes in, and she's running late. Other lady says, oh, she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. Boy, I'm having one of those days. And the other lady says, oh, let me tell you about my day. I was coming here, and uh, a piece of somebody's car fell off in front of them. I swerved and almost got hit. And then this person was texting and driving. Oh, my gosh, these drivers are so terrible out there. And then as soon as she took a breath, the other lady jumped in. Oh, let me tell you about my day yesterday. Oh, you talk about bad drivers. And then my boss at work, and they're going back and forth. You want to hear about a boss at work? I got something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> good, good drop in there, Austin. Nice. You know who his boss at work is, folks. It's his mom, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the story. So what, what pops in my head automatically, because the pity party's going, baby, and they're going down lower and lower and lower and lower, like whose life is worse, my thought is, oh, yeah, let me tell you about my day. Why? Why do I, what do you think that way? But it's just kind of a conditioned behavior. You want to dive right into that pity party to let somebody else know, oh yeah, well, it's a competition now, baby. Let's go. Let's see who can have the worst life. I tell you that because as much conditioning as I do for my mind, every single day, that thought was still there. But now I've kind of trained my mind that thought before it turned into words that shot out that I could never get back. I pretty much said to myself, hold the phone. Don't you dare say a word. Keep that in there. Start thinking a positive. Hey, you got a good life here. You're here on a Wednesday afternoon with your little buddy, Emmett, and you're going ice skating. Get those negative thoughts out of there. And then, of course, just like that, just like that, my thoughts uh, uh, drifted to something positive. Drifted to, yeah, you know what? It's not that bad. However, if I would have went down pity party town, that would, that, that, then, of course, I would have started thinking of all those negative thoughts. And what is your mind, Austin? You know what your mind tries to do? It's it's sole purpose and only job. No. No? That's okay, buddy. Well, its sole purpose and only job is, uh, um, one, to give you what you think about and give you more of that and then keep you safe. So what I mean by that is anytime kind of the cheese story is, you know what? It's scary out there in the maze. If I get out there, man, who knows? I might get lost. I may never get some cheese. If I just stay here, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody will bring me some cheese back. So your mind's telling you it's scary out there. Don't take that chance. But what else your mind does, and kind of the biggest purpose of your mind, and think about this, folks. If you've ever been upset, you've ever been angry, you've ever gotten a pity party argument with somebody, what does your mind go to? More things to be pitiful about. More things to pity about. However, if you're able to stop that, if you're around people that are talking about you know, lifting you up or you're watching your kid excel at a sport or they're winning, or they're just smiling because they opened a present, or you gave somebody something that made them feel good, or you let somebody out in traffic and they gave you the biggest smile and the biggest wave. Think about that. You, you're automatically like, yeah. Then your mind starts thinking about how good people are, and there is good in the world, and not everybody's bad. However, on the other side, 
you let that person out in traffic and they don't wave, automatically you're like, God dang it, oh, the world's going, uh, nobody's kind anymore, nobody's got any respect, nobody's got any manners, gosh darn it. And then once you start thinking that thought, what does your mind do? He goes, oh, that's what he wants. Let's pull up some more negative. That's what we got to do. That's what he's focusing on. Give him more, give him more, give him more. Is that crazy or what? It's insane. That, that's so true, though. It, 100%. All it takes is one thought, and that is just insane. And that goes along with the whole uh, Tony Robbins thing. Man, that it has been forever since last time I was on the podcast. We just got back from the oh, yeah. Tony Robbins event, so it has been a while. Um, anyway, how it goes along with that is if you start thinking those negative things, you just got to change your physiology. Start jumping around, throw your arms up in the air, put a smile on your face, and then you'll start thinking you know, happy thoughts and, and stuff like that. But you really got to believe it. You can't just fake do it. But, I mean, that's just crazy. Oh, dynamite drop in there, Austin. Dynamite drop in there, Monty. That broadcast school is really paying off. Yes, it and, is. Anyone? Anyone? Major League? Yeah, good one, Austin. Here we go. <laughs> so, but Austin's totally right. You know, the physiology, and physiology is movement. That's what Tony Robbins says, how he starts every day, especially days he's dragging. He immediately gets out of bed, and you're going to think this is nutty, folks, but he starts moving the body. And when the body's moving and moving and moving, and some days it may feel like you're moving in quicksand. Oh, my gosh, I can't hardly move. But you get that baby going, it, the physiology changes. And that's your movement. You're starting to feel good. And then suddenly your mind starts changing. But that doesn't mean negative thoughts won't pop in there. You've got to be a gatekeeper, as Tony Robbins says, of your mind. Be careful what you let in there. Be careful of what you allow to be planted in your garden. And you hear me talk about this a lot, something I talk with the kids all the time about, especially the speeches at school, which, by the way, let me talk about that for a sec. I just had another speech yesterday, 500 and something kids, empowerment, helping them believe in themselves. So if you're in this community in the Edwardsville area, um, and I've hit just about every school, if there's a private school that I haven't hit, or if you've got a company you would like me to come and talk to about inspiration, motivation, empowerment to help the kids, help the workers believe in themselves, believe in the purpose, believe in the goal, Please hit me up on Facebook. You know, uh, you can also obviously definitely subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast during maybe your next meeting. I've got a little 10-minute podcast that we record that air on Fridays. This is the 50-minute uh, podcast that airs uh, on Mondays. So listen to those and help the empowerment uh, with your team, with your crew, with your school. But, yeah, that's kind of my goal to get out there as much as I can. So if I have not been to your school yet in the uh, community here, get a hold of us and we'll come to your school and rock it out with the kiddos. But back to Tony Robbins, the gatekeeper in your mind and what you plant, uh, it's sort of like if you plant onion seeds, what are you going to get? You ain't going to get strawberries, that's for sure. <laughs> you get onions. You're going to get onions. What you plant, what you put in there, you put positivity in there. And once again, what does the mind focus on? Or magnify, I'm sorry. I goofed it. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's your answer. There's your answer. <laughs> the mind magnifies what you focus on. So if you focus on negativity, you're going to get more of that. And, and, and the negativity thing, it's, think of it this way. A weed will grow anywhere. I mean, what would what, what I have you do yesterday in the parking lot? Pull weeds. <laughs> in our parking lot. So weeds are able to grow through the concrete. How is that possible? If I took the, the, the best seeds, the best strawberry seeds on the planet, and threw those all over the parking lot, <laughs> would they grow? Probably not. Probably not. You know, because it's not fertile soil. However, weeds... They make their own soil, and they grow anywhere and everywhere. They're per they persevere, don't they? They pop up in the smallest areas. Unfortunately, weeds are like the negative thoughts in your mind. They will pop up everywhere, and they'll grow everywhere because there's so much out there. So you've got to counter those seeds, wow. counter those weeds. I know that's pretty deep. That is, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, and, uh, and then you've got to continuously plant the strawberries, the positive thoughts, and then you've got to <laughs> nurture them and cultivate them and keep babying them and taking care of them. And then they will grow into something. But those weeds will try and suffocate them out. You got me thinking. Yeah? Nice. <laughs> well, that's the whole essence here. Bing, bang, boom. Got him thinking. So we've circled around a little bit, but kind of getting back to the who moved my cheese. Hopefully you get excited and uh, want to buy this book and, uh, and check it out or listen to the audible version. And somehow, some way, I'm going to give a shout-out to Spencer Johnson, who wrote the book. And, uh, well, I don't know if that's uh, maybe some point in time we could have him on the podcast and he can kind of talk about what he was thinking with the book there. There's so many different ways to take it. Yeah. Well, and then to wrap the book up, uh, when, when <clears throat> Hall finally finds his way through, and it's a battle, but each time he gets more and more excited, he gets to the cheese station N, correct, for the new cheese. <laughs> and he often wonders about what him's doing the whole time. 
as he's went back a couple times to say, him, I found some different cheese. I found this and that. And him's thing is, I don't want any new cheese. I just want my old cheese back. I just want my old cheese back. And Hall tries to explain to him, well, it, it, the old cheese may have not been that good after all. In reflection, I think it was actually some moldy cheese. This new cheese, boy, and, and, and there's so much of it. But him's reply was, I don't want change. I won't like the new cheese. I don't like the, uh, I may not like the taste of the new cheese. So him is content just staying in cheese station C, but never getting any more cheese. Or Hall finds his way, and then he finds through the work, through the effort, through the perseverance and battling, he ends up seeing Sniff and Scurry in the cheese station inn with countless, endless cheese. And that's kind of how the story ends. But then there's a reflection period because the story is uh, being told to uh, four or five uh, college friends that got together. And the, uh, uh, I guess the premise of the story is, who do you connect with? Who do you connect with in that story? Do you connect with the him, the haw, the sniff, or the scurry? And to be honest, I think we could all connect with each character in the story. What what do you think there, Austin? I could not agree more. Absolutely. Every single character, and some people more one than the other, but yeah, everyone I think could find their way to connect with the character, each one. And the one of the main reasons that Hall was able to finally get out of Cheese Station C after all those days or however long he was there, main part of the book, well, one of the main parts, was he learned to laugh at his mistakes. Oh, like, laughing at his that. mistakes. Good like, work. Thank you. He's sitting there in Cheese Station C, and he's like, man, how, like, starts laughing. How stupid of me. Who? Why would anybody just come and put cheese here for me and Hall, or me and him not doing anything? Like, how ignorant, and just starts laughing about it, and then he finally gets out, and that's that can do with everybody. If you laugh at your own mistakes, you learn to. Think, man, that is, how could I think that? Just laugh about it, like, man, that is just goofy, and then just move on with your life, you know? That's fantastic. I totally forgot about that part, to laugh at your mistakes in order, instead of having your mistakes beat you down into depression, like, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I should have noticed the cheese was getting smaller, I should have noticed the cheese was getting moldy, I should have noticed, I should have noticed, well, you can should have noticed all your life. You can should have noticed all over yourself. <laughs> but until you do something about it, and I, yeah, that's a great point, laugh at your mistakes. Laugh because, gosh, I wasn't very smart right then and there. But you know what? I'm laughing, I'm learning, and move on from that. Because obviously laughter brings you a lot more joy than uh, you know beating yourself down in a depression. Absolutely. And you can take failure in so many different ways, and it can, you know, Failure does not does not have to be failure unless you let it be. Every failure can be a learning uh, mistake and just a learning brick to build you up and and make you the best. Because you can't succeed without several failures first. That's fact, you know. So you can let those failures destroy you and think about it and just cry about it, or you can let those build you up and figure out that's not what you want to do. Take it a different way, but that failure actually helps you succeed in the long run. Yeah, but Austin, that's easier said than done. That may work for you. You're wasting oxygen. (laughs) Is he great folks or what? Holy smokes. And he's exactly right. And there's a great book by John Maxwell. He's got two of them, actually. Uh, One is called uh, Failing Forward and Learning How You Learn From Your Failures and Your Setbacks in Order to Move Forward because you know that's not a path to take anymore. And another book, it's kind of the second edition of Failing Forward, is Sometimes You uh, Win and Sometimes You Learn. And that's a, those are two great leadership books by John Maxwell. And I highly recommend, especially uh, I do the, for our leadership team, and uh, Nathan, our, our head of the TNT, he's reading all kinds of John Maxwell books and to help him develop into the best leader he can become. And that's, once again, the knowledge. You don't know what you don't know, and the only way to learn what you don't know is to surround yourself with people that know what you don't know or read the books of people that know what you don't know. <laughs> there you go. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Moving forward, good stuff, buddy. No, but uh, that, that's exactly right. Uh, um, the, the laughter at your mistakes. Now, it's not always easy. It's not. But maybe, you know, you start crying, but that cry turns into a laughter like, oh, my gosh, how foolish was I? Learn from it and move forward, as Austin just mentioned there. And I used to think that success and failure were opposite sides of the coin. They are not. They are not. It's not like love and hate, which are opposite sides of the coin. <laughs> Uh, success and failure. It, it, failure is, is only a thing that happens if you give up and quit. You've had a failed attempt, but that doesn't mean you're a, fail, you're a failure. And Zig Ziglar would always say, 
that failure is an event, not a person. So you failed at that event, nice. but you learn from that event in order to move forward. You learn from that event in order to do something different. You learn from that event in order to save yourself that step. I know in the Who Moved My Cheese, I don't go down this corridor anymore. I don't go down this maze anymore because there's nothing there. So did I fail by going down there or did I learn by going down there? And I'm going to go down this one. Is it going to be guaranteed that I'm going to get my cheese this one? I don't know. But I know this one doesn't work. And if I realize this one doesn't work, I'm going to do another one. So failure is an event, not a person. Great tying things into one another. <laughs> well, I, I've only got one or two functioning brain cells, and they're able to, to, to manipulate all this stuff in there. Uh, it was something that was, you know. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's good that I've got that many working. But, uh, it, well, like with Emmett at school, you know, he's homeschooled. Your mom takes all that stuff because she knows how to. That's not me. <laughs> I'm the creative guy that's out there. You know, squirrel. Hey, there's this. What about this? How do you tie this together? And my mom tries to make put all those thoughts into things that actually, because there's just so many amazing ideas and so just all over the place with a bunch of different stuff. My mom tries to like, you know. Well, essentially, what Austin's saying is, <laughs> no, you're right, and thank you for the compliment with amazing ideas. Uh, I, yeah. I'll, I'll take something. And uh, I try and put all these ideas into a working document, and it'll be 10 pages long. But no one's going to read 10 pages of a, an operating procedures manual or 10 pages of how to teach this class or 10 pages on how to implement this strategy. So she's got to take it, as Austin's saying, and turn 10 pages into two pages that somebody will actually read. Thank you. That is what I was trying to say. <laughs> so anyway, sometimes I have a difficult time landing the plane, so to speak. I'm like, well, you know, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to <laughs> yeah. do this, 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 this. And her thing just is continually taking off, going up and up and well, up. We're going up, and we're going here, and then we're going here, and we're going here. You know what? Why don't we try this? Why don't we go over here and check this out? Backflip. Oh, yeah. Throw the backflip in there. Passengers don't like that. Backflip in a plane. Never mind. No. Too I, much. I, I, yeah, too much. That's a right hook. I don't know if it was a reality, just a right hook out of nowhere. But anyway. So, Austin, holy smokes. Did you have a good time, buddy? I, I had a great time. I'm smiling the entire time. I, I really enjoy doing this. Sometimes it's. Hard to get me in here, but when I'm in here, I love it. I really do. Awesome, buddy. Well, I really appreciate it, and I love spending time with you. Listeners, uh, I know we took you down different paths, not only in the, uh, the Who Moved My Cheese story. We tried this one. We tried this one. It was kind of a maze of thoughts. But our regular listeners, you know, that's uh, I'm just being me, baby. I'm being as genuine and as open as I can. I'm giving you my heart and letting you know that I'm a human being, too. I'm just trying to share with you all the knowledge and wisdom I've gained well, not only the 48 years of life, but especially the last six years, five, six years of, uh, of knowledge I've gained from the conferences I've been to, the people I surround myself with, and do everything I can to apply that to help you live your best kick in life. So good stuff. Yes, and as you know, always be yourself. Thank you, Dr. Seuss. Quote that we've been talking about in the Matt Chats at the studio a little bit. You wake up in the morning and you are you. There is no one more youer than you. Whoa. So be you. Do you remember the whole quote? That's that's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> my yesterday's speech, I was going to say it, and I kept twisting it up in my mind, so I didn't say it. But I filmed a couple, I don't know, like twelve videos yesterday, and uh, I think I got it now. So hopefully, I can. I don't have it wrote down in front of me, but hopefully, I programmed my mind after all those videos. <laughs> to Doctor Seuss quote, what Austin's referring to is today you today you are you. That's truer than true. No one will ever be youer than you. Bang. Yes, got it. Boom. How's that for a right hook? And that's kind of talking about our message of the week this week at the Academy, which is believe in yourself and believe enough in yourself to know that you are you. No one will ever be youer than you. So how that applies to it is when somebody says something mean, negative, disrespectful, rude, or tries to insult you or bully you, calls you names, do they know who you are? They don't know what your heart's at. They don't know the person you are. Only you know you. That's truer than true. And no one will ever be youer than you. So just block that out because it's not true. It's not true. And most of the time they're just jealous of you because they're not you. And they feel like they need to put you down. Yeah, and and that's, of course, bullying 101. You know, I'm going to put you down so I can feel better about myself. And, of course, there is no way on any any planet that works. It may make the the bully feel a little bit better for a time being, but that's just kind of a a false or superficial hit of, of power. It yes. doesn't last. Helping others gives you that boost, that gift. So, anyway, Austin. Awesome. genuinely happy. Yeah. We're, we're closing in on the time frame here. Did you have any last-minute send-offs for the folks? Thank you, everybody. I hope 
well, I know I'll be on here soon. I, I really love doing this. There's some handwriting on the wall that Hall kind of made as he went through the maze, some little things that he learned, and I'm going to share them with, with you real I quick. I ask the parting thoughts here. Go ahead. The handwriting on the wall. Change happens. Keep moving the cheese. Anticipate change. Get ready for the cheese to move like sniffing skirts. Monitor change. Smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old. Adapt to change quickly. The quicker you let go of old cheese, the sooner you can enjoy new cheese. Enjoy change. Savor the, uh, the adventure and enjoy the taste of the new cheese. And finally, be ready to change quickly and enjoy it again and again. The, they keep moving the cheese. Awesome. And, of course, the keep moving the cheese change happens every single day, regardless if we like it or not. So be on top of that change. That was kind of the, the toward the back of the book there, yes. all the comments that uh, him, or I'm sorry, Hall had wrote on the wall. All right, folks. Well, we're out of time here. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy day. As I mentioned, I'm going to give you everything I've got each and every time to help you live your best kick in life. Austin, any last-minute send-offs? Thank you guys so much, everybody. I was happy I got to hear to be i got the chance to be here and hit you with some right hooks of reality thank you so much thank you dad for having me i love you very much love you too buddy thank you very much all right folks as always make sure you subscribe to our podcast share this with somebody that you know would benefit leave us your feedback and if you haven't subscribed to the kicking life with master grogan facebook page yet get on it every day is some inspiration and motivation to help you live your best kick in life all right until we talk again you get out there and do your best and I, and I promise. promise you'll be your very best. I love that kid. Isn't he great? God right, bless folks. you. God bless your God bless you. God bless your loved ones. Everybody have a terrific, wonderful, super terrific, awesome day. God yes. bless. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kicking Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kicking Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinglifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.